In the holy name of Jesus, amen. What are we going to do with this? What are we going to do with a violent, zealous, angry Jesus? A Jesus who overturns tables and pours out money boxes and drives folks away with a whip. How does this fit with all that we've said all along about forgiveness, mercy, humble love, kindness, and patience? How can this work when the kingdom of God is ruled by grace and not by force? How can this be our Jesus, the one who heals everyone, the one who is moved to compassion, the one who forgives every sin, who forgives the woman caught in adultery, the one who weeps for Lazarus, the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep, the Son of God, who even prays for those who crucify him. I saw a meme on the internet a few weeks ago, just a a picture with some commentary. The picture was a painting of this scene, the cleansing of the temple. The tables are broken, and there are bodies scattered all over the place of confused people lying on the ground while Jesus stands threatening with a whip. And the text read, If someone asks, what would Jesus do? Remind them that turning over tables and breaking out of whips is a possibility. Now, it's a snarky response to those who would want to reduce Jesus to some kind of good example or a figure of divine tolerance. And in that sense, it certainly makes its point. But it doesn't really reckon with the fact that this is so out of character for Jesus. It's true that Jesus jousts with the scribes and the Pharisees in argument all the time, and he never minces words. Later in John, he says to the Jews, you are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. Whoever is of God hears the word of God The reason why you do not hear the word of God is that you are not of God. But even after that, even after he'd leveled them with his words of judgment, when they picked up stones to throw at him, he simply receded into the background. He left the temple, praying, perhaps, that this dose of stern love would take root. And indeed, some of those Jews believed him. There's something very different about today's gospel lesson. In today's gospel lesson, Jesus moves from the realm of prophetic words to the realm of prophetic action. And it's very, very hard for us to see Jesus so out of character. And the question is, what angers him so much that he should come storming into the temple with such violence. Well, what angers him here is not merely sin. In fact, it's one of the clearest lessons that we learn in the Gospels. Jesus is never startled by sin. He dines with sinners and tax collectors. He touches them. He forgives them. 
He surprises everyone by just how routinely he seems to deal with sin. No probing, no interrogation, no shame. Your sins are forgiven, he says. It's really much like what you'd hear from the pastors in private confession. You come bringing your very worst, what troubles your conscience most, what weighs on your soul, and you might even expect that you're going to startle us. But what you'll probably hear instead is something along the lines of, is that all you've got? And just as with Jesus, those sins are forgiven with words that take hardly more than a single breath. It's not merely sin here that so angers Jesus. It's something far worse. When Jesus walked into the temple and saw those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers, what Jesus saw was the obstruction of his grace. They had made the temple into something other than a place of forgiveness. They had made it into a market and they were trading in mercy. It's like the story of Simon the Magician who shows up in the book of Acts. He was so impressed by the power of the apostles that they had over diseases and afflictions, and he saw that on whomever they laid hands received the Holy Spirit. Whoever they baptized received the Holy Spirit, and so he offered them money, and he said to them, Give me this power also. And Peter replied to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought that you could obtain the gift of God with money. Jesus is angry and violent when he walks into the temple, because he finds this holy place, this place where God has promised to meet with his people, to bless them, and to forgive them, and to do it all freely and he's found it's been turned into a market where mercy and forgiveness are no longer his to give, but sources of profit for the merchants and the Jewish authorities. And if there's anything that makes Jesus react violently, it's the obstruction of his grace. Do you see how this works? Jesus wants nothing more than to give himself freely to those who come into his temple. And so Jesus overturns the tables and drives everything and everyone out who would stand in the way, whatever would divert God's forgiveness and blessing. And, just to make the image even clearer, when he drives them out, it's the very same action that he uses in driving out demons. He casts them out. He performs an exorcism. He clears the temple to make room for the Holy Spirit. The violence of Jesus is in service of mercy, to protect it and to guard it. Now there are two utterly important lessons for you to take home from all of this. The first has to do with the season of Lent. During this season of exercise and discipline, prayer, fasting, and meditation, the discomfort that you experience in your bodies is an image of the discomfort that you experience in your soul. What you experience 
whenever you examine yourself and discover your sin. We are masters of obstructing the grace of Jesus. We hold back sins from Him, and we place our trust in other things. We say, I don't need your forgiveness for this or that, or I'll handle this another way, on my own. Or we make deals with Jesus, trading in mercy. The good news for us, of course, is that Jesus then goes to work on us. And you can be sure that when he goes to work on you, he will find those obstructions and those idols, and he will start overturning tables and driving them out with a whip. And he does it because zeal for his Father's house consumes him. Zeal for the temple consumes him. And follow closely here. One of the points that John makes so clearly in early on in the gospel is that Jesus himself is the temple. Jesus is the temple of God. Just as God promised to meet his people in that building in Jerusalem and to forgive their sins there and to bless them there, now he promises to meet us in Jesus. And not just Jesus, the divine Son of God, but Jesus in human flesh. Jesus with a body. Jesus with a body that is joined to the church, that is joined to you. When zeal for his Father's house consumes him, it is zeal for you. And when he goes to work on you, overturning tables and driving out idols with a whip, it will be uncomfortable, painful even, but it is because of his zeal for you. And it is because he wants nothing more than to give himself freely to you, to forgive you, and to bless you. The second lesson to take home is one of pure comfort for the Christian. If Jesus is one to react so violently against those who would obstruct grace, you can be sure that he acts in your favor. This means that every assault of the devil, every assault of the world, every attempt at leading you to doubt God's grace and forgiveness, every attack on your faith is met by him with violence in your favor. It's all of the striking images that we have in the book of Revelation. Michael and his angels fighting the dragon, the one called faithful and true who sits on a white horse and makes war in righteousness. His robe is dipped in blood, and his blood he shed on the cross, by which he has redeemed you and saved you from all of your sin. And now, in his zeal, he fights for you. His zeal for you consumes him. His zeal for you, his body, the temple of the Lord, consumes him. He has to fight for you. He cannot help it. And he will prevail. Come join in the feast of his victory. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.